You're listening to Errol Parker and Clancy Overall, editors of the Batuta Advocate on Desert Rock FM. Welcome back to the Batuta Advocate radio show. Uh, lockdown continues down south. We've got Sydney. They're going on 10 weeks now. Whew, that's a big whack. Victoria as well. Despite the hardest lockdown and all of this, it's creeping out of the homes and, and workplaces down there quicker than, than it did in New South Wales. And we've just found a truck driver's been driving around Queensland with it. So, you know. I know. Look, if only back in the start of June, how it was just popping off in Bondi. I mean, all we had to do was cattle bolt everyone in Bondi, mm. you know, just line them up and put the bolt straight through their forehead, you know, and then just bulldoze them up in a heap and, you know. Pretty tricky thing to do in this day and age, I, I guess. Ex- I know. Executing but, the richest people. But it's it's a serious disease, This, you know. it's It, it kills people, Clancy. Yeah, I know. I guess from the moment they found out a bloke was walking through Bondi Junction Westfield for two weeks, coughing on everything, they probably should have probably should have had a snap lockdown. But they didn't. And now we're transitioning from eliminating it to living with it. And uh, the show goes on. Vaccine rates are looking good. And uh, I guess everyone's just trying to get on with life in whatever way they can. We are lucky enough here. We're not affected by the virus in the Diamantina Shire. And we're actually benefiting from it because it means a lot of the people that we might want to interview whether they be down south, Melbourne, Victoria, are actually, they've got a lot of time on their hands. They can talk to us. So today we've had a big coup. It's a big win, a big scalp uh, in the shape of Brendan Cow. We've been wanting to get him on here for a while. And uh, there's fuck all happening in Cronulla right now. So we're very, very lucky. Thank you for joining us. Mate, absolute pleasure. Well, there's one thing you can do in in the Sutherland Shire, and that's not let stuff in. Yep. You know yep. what I mean? We, we're very good at, at, at protecting ourselves mm. from... Things that we don't like, you know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I'm down. I'm down here just in Northies yeah. at the moment and feeling very safe. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't have a right to stop the virus coming into uh, Cronulla this time around, but I guess that kind of goes. No, I think the place has been gentrified, you know, yeah. since back in those days. You what, do you, what do you? Yeah, reckon? Man, it, what do you it reckon? It really is. It's because um, all the footy players live down there now. Mm-hmm. It's harder to get to find a flat. Mm-hmm. In Cronulla than it is in Sydney now. Yeah, yeah, right. Um, I don't head down there since my nan passed away a few years ago. I don't head down there as much. Yeah. And now that the Sharks are playing at Net Strata Jubilee. Yeah. Well, now they're playing in southeast Queensland, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they are. But yeah, I don't Dolphin Stadium, myself. baby. <laughs> 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 Isn't it great watching seeing the old yeah. these old school rugby league grounds filled up? Redcliffe Dolphins yeah. has more members than the Bronx. Can you believe that? Really? Yeah. That wow. also means there's a lot of elderly people that play pokies in that part of Brisbane. But, uh, but no, yeah. genuinely, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm a big fan. I've been been into you guys since the start and and have just, you know, I've gone overseas for five years and come back and lovely watching um, your brand grow oh. um, and connecting with Hello Sport. It's one of my favourite podcasts and, you know. You're a punter and dribbler. We um, Yeah. Yeah, we, we discovered that early on. You were calling in on the hotline. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's what we're here to kind of discuss today. You've written a book basically about being a punter and a dribbler, yeah. uh, a man. I've, I've uh, admittedly haven't finished it, but you did send us a copy. And yeah. my favourite, uh, I hit the ground running with it. It starts with a bunch of blokes getting on the piss at the Casbah. Yeah. Which uh, is the Caring Bar Hotel, am I correct, or Tavern? Yeah, it's just another name for the Caring Bar Inn. Yeah. Uh, it's a pub with a car park. <laughs> it's a pub with a car park, and I had a few of my quintessential events in that 
car yeah. park, you know yeah, what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because De La Salle, Salle Caring Bar and Our Lady of, Our Lady of Fatima Primary are behind okay. Caring Bar Inn. Right, right, um, right. So as you graduate from primary school to high school, you then graduate to the Casbah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> and that's kind of – and, it, you know, it was the topless Tuesdays for a while and, yep. and also – It's it, a huge venue. It had Rat Cat. Yeah, right. Play and in excess play. Yeah, okay. You know, regularly back in those days in 1991. Yeah, you know, where you're like yeah. noise works is playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You okay. know, and it was awesome during the um, like the pub rock. Yeah, that days, incredible yeah. pub rock time. That then you know you see a lot of guys and they, my book's called Plum and yeah it's about a bloke who's 48, 49 years old and he um kind of you know after work every day just just heads there and he's got his he's got his four boys their WhatsApp groups called the Coxless Four yep and um one's in, like an ex Sydney Kings player ex jockey another ex footy player from Queensland and um they'll kind of tip in four to fourteen schooners. <laughs> Yep. Of an yeah. afternoon and just bet on whatever's moving. And you know those four a blokes Sydney are shooting. player and a jockey. Yeah, there's there's a height issue. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the the jockey's called Squeaky, and um, for you know obvious reasons, uh, his high pitched voice and the and the ex Kings player is called Magic Matt, and he's waiting for his second hip operation, and <laughs> and they like going to Thailand a couple yep. of yep. Uh, yep. for for an in, inverted commas golf trip. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yep. You know, a, a couple of times a year, and they're planning. Jeez, they'd a be suffering. They'd be suffering in coronavirus. Those boys, wouldn't they? They, yeah. Basically, mm-hmm. the Casbars as close as you can get to Phuket. Absolutely, I'd say they probably have a tiki themed smoking section, which is are they often have that fake grass, <laughs> yeah, uh, style smoking section. But these guys, yeah, absolutely transferable to any suburb and any town. Yeah. and the the loyalty within them is really strong. And and some of them, you know, like Squeaky thinks this is the peak age, that late 40s. The pressure's off a bit, yep. but you're not heaps old yet. Yep. You can still hit the piss pretty hard and the rest a little bit yep. and nobody's watching yeah. yep. and mates are mates and yep. we've got each other because the kids are teenagers and yep. stuff. And he's like, this is it. You this see those the- blokes at the pub? They're, some of them have made a bit of coin, some haven't, but, you know, it's always surf and turf. Mm. You know, it's they're going to have a they're going to make a day of it. That's no, for sure. absolutely. I remember when I did on Surf and Turf. I did a movie called Beneath Hill Sixty, a World War yep. One movie about you know the yeah, miners where you go underneath the, the ground. ground. Yeah. And um, we were talk- there's a lot of surf and turf in Townsville. Yes. And so one night, you know, in the trenches, all the actors, yeah. we were like, let's come up with different names for surf and turf. And this game just infiltrated the entire crew. Where and you just saw a whole bunch of actors slash soldiers uh, covered in blood and mud at four o'clock in the morning going. Ocean and motion. <laughs> Lawn and prawn. Lawn and prawn. Someone just, yeah, and then a boom swing and yell out, water and slaughter. <laughs> uh, and, it, and the game went on, you know, yeah. for, for years to come. But, um, yeah, no, really, so I've been working on the book for two years. I wrote it in lockdown in London last year. Yeah, right. Um, as a way of kind of surviving. Um, I wrote from eight to six every day and concussion was just starting to be an issue. Like, you know, you're yeah. reading about rugby union players, Boyd Cordner's issues. It was yeah. early days. Yeah. And so, that movie with uh, Will Smith. With Will Smith. Concussion. Called Concussion, yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. That is a terribly made film, but the issue inside <laughs> it was kind of, well, it is. kind of before its time. And you see how NFL has just kind of covered it over and yeah. go, we don't really care. This is the heartbeat mm. of the nation. Shut up. <laughs> the, onion, um, the, onion, you know. the Onion covered that very well. They did a story about... Um, the uh, I can't remember. Maybe it was when the Seahawks won the won the, the ring the and they Super had the Bowl, yeah. yeah the confetti was came down with shredded concussion reports <laughs> on the Super Bowl. <laughs> so rugby league somewhere in that yeah. mix. Um, yeah, yeah. And so I, I was also at that point in my life, like I've been shooting Avatar for a couple of years. I'd, I'd had some success in in London and and I had a bit of money and I was like, I, 
I'm a writer, but why do I write? Yeah. And and if I'm going to write, I want to write not for money. I want to write. What's the point of writing again? Mm-hmm. And and uh, and I remembered I started off reciting poetry in pubs, you know, in Glebe and at uni. And so I thought I want to write about poetry. And the concussion issue was around. And then I thought, who's the last bloke to get into poems and to find a passion for language? And I thought, you know, kind of a Gavin Miller, Greg Bird, yep. kind of yep. Paul Gallen, yep. ex footy player, Ian yeah, that kind of. <laughs> yep. Thinking thug, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who suddenly needs it, yeah. Um, and and so this great juxtaposition happened plot wise, mm. where you've got this guy, the corridors of his brain are open, and suddenly a few poets start appearing to him, and he he stumbles upon a poetry night at a pub, and yeah. and and it kind of helps turn his life around, and yeah, right. work on his relationships. Okay, yeah, it's it's funny you do see those blokes, you know, if you've ever worked in labouring landscaping on the council, there's always one or two blokes who. Everything else, they they tick every other checkpoint of yeah. you know the they're they're rough as guts. They're, 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 they make yeah. those kind of comments, this and that. And then all of a sudden they'll be like, "Oh no, that was actually yeah." <laughs> you know, well, they, you know, yeah. they, like we're talking about the Bukowski, Johns. They, you know, they know that shit. Yeah. You know? Talking about the Johns brothers, yeah. you know, they're always in between two books, and they've they've been ever and they're curious. And yeah. it's a lot of footy players are quite mm. curious guys. They just happen at the age of four. Yeah. yeah, they were the best at school. Yeah. And they've been the best at school for the last 28 years yeah. because they've just kept being the best at school. Mm. But it yeah. hasn't stopped their curiosity, yeah, you know, yeah, and, yeah. and so that's that's where he's kind of placed. But, uh, you know, Peter Lum, Peter the Plum Lum's kind of ambling along yeah. in life. He's probably pretty much happy with, you know, being in the in the shadows and not being noticed. And yeah. he's got his girlfriend, his son's going to play, yeah. which is kind of the major plot line as he starts to see the carnage of the sport and goes... Do I support Gavin? Yeah. You know, and then his son sees his dad falling apart going, do I do that? Yeah, Or yeah. maybe I do UFC. Yeah. Because then at least if I get concussed in UFC, I saw it coming and I knew what I was up for. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And so that kind of all starts to dance around his head as well as maybe I'll die. Yeah. It's, you know? it's, it's, it's a funny kind of thing down there in Cronulla. I mean, as you said, those characters are transferable to every every tavern. I wouldn't say every yeah. pub. But, but you know, every tavern. every tavern wouldn't be too many people like him in you know bloody Ultimo or no no no, no. Or, yeah yeah that's, I mean, that's that, they're those pubs that you know they had this most authentic kind of aesthetic yeah, yeah. and then they did them up and yeah. now they've spent a, a million dollars getting it back to that look yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah they'll occasionally <laughs> I know the big one up in Brisbane up near on Caxi Street was the Pado Tavern the Pado Hotel and they would. They stripped all of these beautiful saddle seats off yeah. the bar, yeah. got rid of them, yeah. made it sterile, yeah. and now they're trying to be like, you know, actually, let's go back to yeah, that. Yeah, let's go back to that rough <laughs> yeah. radio. Yeah, like, yeah, like the what's the name of that the pub on fucking, fucking um, Oxford, on Oxford Street in Blimba? The Balmong, the Balmoral, yeah. The Oxford 152, it's called yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. It's now is its it, name is now that the address. That used to be a beautiful old to, pub. It man. used to be called the Balmungrel Hotel. Balmungrel. <laughs> these are all the pubs in Brisbane because Brisbane actually is a tavern city. So I, I'm imagining your book yeah, will yeah. translate there because Woolworths had this thing back in the day where every corner pub, if you owned a pub, you could turn it into a bottle shop, and that demolished yeah. all the locals in uh, in Brisbane. So now it's. Basically, if you want to go to the pub, you got to drink drive in Brisbane, which is yeah. sounds a lot like Cronulla. You don't have the corner pubs down there, do you? It's no, it's no. big venues. I think yeah. we also have a postcode. I think we've got twenty forty two uh two oh two four, is it? Two oh twenty four. God, I haven't lived there in such a long time. Isn't it tattered on your neck, no, mate? Or? No, no. That's, uh, that's the uh, Southern Cross, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. No, we've got those big venues, those yeah. big venue pubs, and that's where the trouble starts yeah. because you get, 
you know, I remember from year 10, yeah. you know, we had the bombers yeah. and the surfies. Yeah. And I was at that time, because I had went through a phase every three weeks, yeah. so I was just swapping over. But at that time, the I was... jeans were changing shape each That's week. right, that's yeah. right. I was in the MC hammer pants, <laughs> and, and then I was a goth. But at this time, I was a raver. I yeah. was just connecting at 16 with, you know... Yeah. dragging mum's car out once she was asleep and going into weird warehouse hangars yeah. near the airport and, yeah. and dancing in the in the green light <laughs> till six and then driving mum's car home via 7-Eleven filling it up you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. but the bombers wore bomber jackets with a rap quote on the back and they graffitied yeah. and then there was the long head long servers and they had a big fight yeah, out yeah. the front of the, and the thing was it was the big venues because everybody gathers into a group yeah. and they're that group they stare at each other and then a schooner flies across the room well the girl comes through <laughs> yeah. who was dating him but is now dating Mario was dating Mario is now dating Glenn yeah. and and suddenly there's a thing that happens there's enough schooners <laughs> and whatever and bang it's on yeah. but you don't get that in a little Melbourne wine bar because no, everybody's no. squashed together you don't, and you don't get it in the in the London kind of idea or the Irish idea of a mm. pub which is actually very much a public house and a community that's right well, shared we, bench you're at, yeah, you're at in, the fucking Westfield with schooners. That's where that's you're That's exactly right. It, like, it, it is an auditorium for war. Yeah. It's set and up. The goal that is, way. yeah, it's just it's just you're going here for one reason, and that's to get alcohol poisoning. Yeah, where, you exactly. know, at least for like. Or play the machines. In other cultures, it's like, I'm going to the pub because I'm hungry, or, you know, I'm going yeah. to meet a friend here. It's to just meet like, Brett and tell him, you know, well done for his new job, or, you know, yeah. his wife's pregnant or whatever. But instead, you go here, the music's. Cranked up. It's not even music. It's just this noise. It's like, ah! you know what I mean? The light's purple. Yeah. Everyone's on steroids. Yeah. Like the dudes. And you don't know if they're gay, straight, yeah, or, yeah, you yeah. know, supernatural. Yeah, yeah. And then a girl walks past and she's wearing what used to, I don't know if it's even called a skirt kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. And then it's just on at about quarter past ten. Yeah. You know? and, and then and, it's um, like. That's no, the pride of the South. You can't get a glass schooner anymore. You know, it's yeah. past. Eight o'clock. So now you, you've got to drink out of a plastic one because yeah. also that's firmly entrenched in our culture is you, you fuck people up with a broken schooner glass for some reason. It's yeah. just yeah. no matter where you go in every state and territory, it, they they just schooners turn into weapons. They do, and it's that beautiful one too of the I'll just smash it on the glass, then yeah, yeah, jump yeah. into the throat. Yeah, where it becomes a knife. Yeah, yeah. one. There was a video of that bar fight down in Tassie. I think well. I can put it in the show notes, but the, like the, the schooner glasses, it, it was like being in no man's land in like the First World War. They're just going, pew, 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 pew. <laughs> like there's people there, like they're getting pool balls, fucking schooner glasses. I just, my favourite thing about those those YouTube pub fights is just there's no actual conformity either in, in Australian pubs where, I mean, a group of mates will be terrified of looking different to one another. But like those blokes who go to the pub by themselves, like one's got a long... Mop of dreads. The other one yeah. sitting there, he's, he looks like Squeaky, the jockey in you. Yeah. Just got all these random walks of life who, you know, they, they come there for the same reason. Yeah. And um, I find that, I mean, I'm talking about somewhere like the Casbah, which is obviously a cult, you know. I mean, I guess Northern Beaches of Sydney would have their own version. And, yeah. And they certainly do on the Goldie and the beach towns in Queensland. That place would pump on Christmas Eve. Is that the yeah, place? Yeah, yeah that's absolutely. where you're thinking. Every single person you know is there. Yeah. Yeah. And everybody kind of, everybody mocks it and laughs yeah. at it. Yeah. But 
they need it, <laughs> you know. And and I think every suburb has that place yeah, yeah. where it's the laughing stock. It's sad, yeah. But yeah, I'll see you there. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I'm bringing, you know, yeah. last night. Oh, the camera. Yeah, yeah. I'm going yeah. back this afternoon. Yeah. Um, I, left I, my I woke coat up. <laughs> yeah. I it's... woke up in the dunes at a fucking Wanda Beach. Well, no, we used like... to. That's when I when I was doing my experimenting in the rave scene. One of my mates was a four-wheel drive, competitive four-wheel drive guy. So we'd go out to... Oh, yeah, like out to... Out uh, to Cornell. To Boat Harbour and stuff. You know, and, there, yeah. and, and experiment with certain things and, and get the <laughs> go off the sides of the hills where they... And they shot some Mad Max out there. And <laughs> really? there's feral... There was rumours that there was feral people out there in yeah, their yeah. corrugated iron. And, yeah. And so what, I'd had a lot of wild experiences. And we'd get bogged and you'd have to walk six hours, <laughs> you know, back to Cronulla and... It's it was really kind of fortress stuff out. It was wild out there, yeah. you know. So when did you leave Cronulla for the what it's not CSU Mitchell. Mitchell. The, Yeah, so you went out to Bathurst, was that your first Yeah. Was that your first uh, That was it. I was 18 years old yeah. and and um I remember I was playing in a band in Cronulla and yeah. with a few older dudes and and I remember my mates being on the lawn at Caringbar as um, mum and I and my sister drove to Bathurst. Yeah, right. And there was something about it because I auditioned for all the drama schools. NIDA. Yeah. And yeah. I, I didn't get in. Yeah. And, and um, one of them, the NIDA one, she asked me to do my Shakespeare across a chasm and I didn't yeah. know what a chasm was. I thought it was an acting word for go crazy, <laughs> you know, but it actually is just a big hole in the earth yeah. if anybody wanted to know. So I didn't get in, but I remember going out to Bathurst and, Bill Blakey was there and I was walking around this kind of charming, weird old country town uh, campus just thinking, I'm coming here. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. there was something about being a storyteller the bloke talked about. He goes, you're not a tool in a toolkit here. You're the whole toolkit yeah. and you, you can do whatever you want, radio. And yeah, yeah. and there was something about that for my my kind of Did you do mentality. the whole whack out there? You did a full degree? I did the full de- full degree, yeah. yeah. So I left Cronulla there and, you know, I'd only, you know – I was a Christian guy. I thought you voted liberal. Yeah. I hadn't run into too many gay people, yeah. to, you know, or anything. And then I suddenly, you know, the first time I worked on the library lawn, there was a, a guy in a midriff with Christianity sucks yeah. on his T-shirt. There was two <laughs> ladies kissing and different cultures. Yeah, and I, yeah. I moved in with a gay bloke and he started getting onto another bloke and I had to go, am I homophobic? And yeah. I was like, they look like they're having a ball, <laughs> you know. <laughs> um, you know, was, yeah. so I genuinely, had to open myself up to yeah. what do I actually yeah. think yeah, yeah. instead of just thinking what you should think yeah. because I was from Cronulla and yeah. and what I love about my mates from Cronulla is they do think what they think because they don't care what anyone thinks what yeah. they think yeah. and that's lost as soon as you get over you know Captain Cook Bridge into the city where yeah. everybody I mean you guys know that being out in the country yeah. but you know in the city people think what they must think at yeah. the dinner party yeah. and and so I, I don't know. I, I Bathurst blew my mind, yeah. and I learned how to, you know, pay a bill, have sex, yeah. you know, cook a sausage, deal with people, grow up, you yeah, know, yeah, and yeah. and also I, mean, I made that, heaps of the art central, out there. The pubs in the Central West. If you ever need a lesson in de-escalation, that you should walk, oh yeah, you should walk especially through the pubs. pubs in Bathurst. Like what's that one on the hub? Oh, the yeah. fucking Dudley, the, the park, the, 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 the Dudley, yeah. the park on the corner, and I mean, the especially fucking, race week. Yeah, the Knickerbocker too. That was yeah, pretty rough. the Eddie. The Eddie, yeah. yeah. On the fucking... The, the Ox. The Ox, yeah. It's the Ox. The Ox, yeah. yeah. I worked in that bottle shop actually for a while. <laughs> the Cobbin Co. Um, yeah, the yeah, Cobbin yeah. Co. That was, that was good. Um, race but, Week in the Cobbin Co. would have been a bit oh, of fun. Well, but, yeah. well, doing the theatre media course, we performed at Race Week. Right. So course. we would take a performance piece into the pubs. 
walk down to the... Oh, was that the flash dance uh, type shit? What are they we had, a, we the had this big... Elephant and castle. Vic, no, we got yeah. all the pups. Oh, right. Yeah, but yeah. you call it... Is it called mumming? Is that the thing? Yeah, yeah the mumming yeah, yeah, yeah. shit. <laughs> they, they, they launch these fucking thespians on these fucking V8 fans. Yeah. Tell it's us how like that Survivor, really, yeah, isn't that's, it? that's a real... Yeah, no, we all had to come up with these mumming shows and they're kind of live performance shows and because the whole philosophy behind the theatre media course is there is no black box theatre... Everyone in the world is the audience. You inflict yourself on them, kind yeah. of Commedia dell'arte circus style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went into a pub as a reformed Mormon in tights, and Amy, the girl that was with me, she got up, she flashed her boobs. <laughs> so the whole pub turned around, and then I went, hello and welcome. <laughs> First of all, I would like to challenge anybody to scull a jug of beer quicker than I can. <laughs> and so a guide came up. I'd scull the jug of beer quicker than him and uh, have I got your respect uh, you know and, and so we'd shown them beer boobs yeah. and then I had shown them I can drink a lot of beer fast <laughs> and then they would watch us yeah right and we would do a 20 minute show by the end Glenn and Brett and Phil and everyone's getting up on the bar doing a you know really? uh, playing a character throw the hat around get a grand, yeah. walk out. We go back onto our vehicle, which was a percussive vehicle, where, you know, we were playing drums on the vehicle that was made of scaffolding and wheels, go down to the next pub. Yeah, right. I don't know how we didn't get murdered. Yeah. But when I, when I came to Sydney, you know, when I came to Sydney and I auditioned for STC mm. and I got a speaking part in a play where I played a ghost who had four lines in Tony McNamara's play, The Recruit, and I was thinking, am I nervous about being a Sydney theatre company? I went... I'm not nervous at all. I just did race yeah. week. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I went yeah. into the Holden pub. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. There's, there's people in their 70s who've paid $109 to be here yeah. and sit down and applaud me. Like, I just, I just went into a room full of maniacs in black jackets with tattoos on their forehead. Like, and, you know, I remember getting my tattoo in there and wearing tights. Wearing, you know, wearing tights and playing a kind of a, a gay Mormon character. It's 1995 everybody um, and you know it, I remember going into Pete's tattoo studio at 3am one morning and a guy was getting Brocky forever on his neck and the next <laughs> morning Peter Brock I think he bounced out in the time trial Yeah, right. and I thought imagine going home to the wife you know <laughs> yeah. I got Brocky forever on the neck oh, how'd he go he didn't race <laughs> but yeah they used to pick up like they picked up my Ford laser and took the wheels off mm. when I was at the roundabout <laughs> You know, like this kind of stuff. The V8 fans. The Holden guys would yeah, come out yeah. and lift up. And, you know, me and my, my flatmate Evan, we were getting rosemary from the roundabout. Yeah. You know? Because <laughs> <laughs> we were cooking a roast, you know. And, the, um, you know, intramail had just been invented. So yeah. we would go to the two computers and I could type a hundred words to Evan and then he could say, no, I'll do a bolognese. Should we invite the guys from theatre group? And then I'll go, yeah, I'll invite. I'd go and check his message an hour later. Yeah, right. And you could get, we couldn't believe this thing, intramail. Intramail, yeah. You could get a one-line message from someone. In the labs. In the labs. <laughs> <laughs> Take you 45 minutes to get the MS-DOS, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, okay, that, that explains like a, how would you say, a very quick... Uh, Summary. No, a very look, quick look at the world. Yeah. And then you started, I mean, you went from being obviously, you know, someone who was thriving in Bathurst and then coming into Sydney and having a bit of fun within your peer group. Then you became a household name, you know what I mean? You start making the dramas on the, you know, primetime television. What was that transition like? And did you find sometimes maybe 
you know, when you found kind of a high profile, was it Cronulla you were leaning into or was it the fruit, fruity kind of life you lived in as a thespian in Bathurst? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Mm. I, I don't think I got funny or yeah. got in my own skin till you know, somewhere in my mid-30s. Yeah, so I yeah. feel like when I – and I think you get funny when you get into your own skin, yeah. is what I'm saying. And I think when I was 26 and Love My Way happened and I started a high-profile relationship, I yeah. fell in love with an actor and – and suddenly I had my own TV show yeah. and I was winning awards. I was going to these things called the Logies, you know. <laughs> All sorts of stuff was happening and it was quite overwhelming. It was everything I'd ever wanted. Yeah. But you're right, I, I was torn between one being an upstart playwright yeah. and saying Australia's got problems with masculinity and suicides mm. and, and, you know, it, it's history and at the same time trying to be an affable Aussie and be yeah. liked yeah. Um, whilst being an upstart. And and I found that balance really hard to say, am I a true artist having a crack here about what lies beneath the surface of this utopian place? Yeah. Or am I being affable and, and trying to be loved? And, and a conformist, and, yeah. And and, and get, my, get a lead on a Channel 10 show and, and just be that guy. Yeah. And I, I think I did struggle with it, yeah. you know, and, and, was, and went overseas to LA where... They just looked at me and went, well, you're kind of not obscure enough to be a character actor, but you're not good looking enough to be a movie star. <laughs> and so they just kind of went, we have no, well, you don't fit into anything, <laughs> you know. And, and I always felt that That's, a bit yeah. with how I look and what I'm like. And, yeah. and it wasn't until I just kept doing what I do yeah. that suddenly caught on, yeah. you know, and I started making my own work and, and I fell into myself a bit after a long relationship, after facing some demons and yeah. stuff. Somewhere in my mid-30s, I went, oh, I think this is him. You know? So you now you're, you know, as you said before, working on Avatar. Yeah. You're, um, you're, you're looking healthy. You're looking jacked. Do you think you've grown into <laughs> a um, – do you think you've grown into a fucking – into someone who could be in an American film? You know, you're saying when you first went to LA over there, they kind of didn't have a place for you. But yeah. do you reckon now you've kind of grown into the characters you can play? Oh, look, fingers crossed. It's funny, uh, the, the great Spud Carroll says, when a chick gives you a physical compliment, you, you don't believe him, but when a guy gives you a physical compliment, it means something. Yeah. <laughs> when you just said that, I was like, thanks, man. <laughs> and it's true, when dudes, yeah, 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 when dudes yeah. say you're looking good, yeah. they don't want to have sex with you and they yeah, usually don't want anything. Yeah, yeah. So they usually so, don't want to say it. And, yeah. and they also know that you're no longer eating corn chips and magnums at yeah, 11 yeah. o'clock and that's hard yeah. or you're not sucking piss <laughs> every night. So it's like, yeah, come yeah, mate. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> so what have you been doing? It's like, I haven't had a drink for six months. They're yeah. like, oh, why? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And what have you been doing? Exercise. Yeah. yeah. What the hell did you do to stop drinking? Tell me about the last time you drank. It was like, yeah. Oh. So I crashed my dad's car. Yeah, there's plenty of I reasons. I think that was yeah. the last time I saw you, yeah. you know, was, was after I just stopped, you know, when we were talking about doing something together. And, and I, you know, it was two years, two and a half years ago or something, mm. and I, I did stop drinking. And, it has been very different. Yeah. You know, now it's easy. Now it's the new normal. Yeah, yeah. Now I, I couldn't think of anything worse. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah. Um, but before then, I didn't know how to get through the next three weeks without a wedding, I had a thing, I had yeah, a meeting. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to be pissed for two and a half weeks for the next three weeks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I couldn't see another way. Would that, and that, that would blow, would that blow you? 
That bloats you. Yeah. Yeah, because I can see my cheekbones and my jaw and stuff at mm. the moment and my and my blue eye. My eyes are blue and, you know, <laughs> I was kind of saggy. and stuff around the blue too. Yeah. Yeah, it's not yellow. I feel like it's, <laughs> it that, isn't like- it's that 3D photo in the newspaper where you're the seahorse suddenly emerges, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> it's like I have the 3D image of Brendan Cowles suddenly emerged and, and um, it's confronting, you know, because – Every time something happens, you can have a beer and, you know, and it takes everything away. And now yeah. you've got to deal with life on its terms. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. but um, exercise becomes something for the mental health. And I find it a lot more radical experience, I've yeah. got to say, not drinking. It's it's absolutely bonkers. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Whereas drinking for me became repetitive. Yeah, and yeah. I thought I was doing something radical, yeah. but I wasn't. I was doing the same thing over and over do, again. Do actors fall into that kind of... Uh, they want to kind of be the the twisted drinker as well. They wanted to be the. I think so, and yeah. that's probably one of the things. Like talking about, did I lean into Cronulla or whatever? I think I totally, you know. And when I wrote Reuben Guthrie, which was such a hit of a play, yeah, I think I was him, yeah, you know. Yeah. And I had a house in Newtown, and I was having parties, and you could pretty much knock on my door at two a.m. whenever, and there was ten people in there, yeah, yeah, yeah. artists, um, singers, you know, and people staying in my house and. I was, and I would tell the stories of my self-destruction and that was, you know, I was kind of a caricature of myself. But at the same time, I was like, I'm not sure I'm enjoying this. And, you know. And Everyone's around going, man, he goes so hard. How does yeah, he do it? He's like, yeah. he's explaining. It's- yeah. <laughs> and I think, you know, I think it's a common thing in your 20s and 30s. I still see a lot of men and women do it, is that they are a character in their own show. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then somewhere in your 30s you go, suddenly the show's less comedy, more tragedy now. Yeah. And and that's where I got to. But, yeah, I I feel like, you know, it was unbelievable. I I got Avatar from doing a play in London, and that's what I was most proud of. I played Galileo. Joe Wright directed me, and the casting director saw that and then flew me to L.A. And I was was halfway through the audition. The audition went for three days um, because that's how Jim likes to roll, and it was the full live action, and the crew were down there. And and he wanted it so big and so intense, um, and I couldn't get there. Yeah. And then I went out of the room and I thought, I'm losing this. Like, yeah. I'm about to lose this huge opportunity. And then, and I think it was that that was keeping me from it. But then, and then my nan, I got a text, my nan died. Yeah, right. And I went, I'm going to go back to Sydney after this audition to a funeral. And, and then I walked back in and I just looked at James Cameron and I looked at everyone and went, I don't care, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, because my nan just died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was full Eminem mic drop weird, like, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah. what do you want? Yeah. All right, what's this? And I just went bang. Yeah, right. And yeah. then suddenly Cameron turned around and went, I think the ca- I think the captain's in the room. <laughs> yeah, I think right. the captain's in the room. Okay. And he's like, I wrote it I wrote him as sixty in Scottish, but I think he's forty in Australian. And I was like, I <laughs> yeah. think he's forty in Australian. Watch this. And 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 the thing that I realized with Jim was that you just had to play. Yeah. He's a director, he's a kid, mm-hmm. he loves actors. Mm-hmm. I think he loves actors because it's the one department he can't do. Yeah. Because he can do anything else yeah. you know and has won awards for it yeah. like he yeah. can do anything on the film set kind of better than everybody yeah, right. with, with the actors he looks and he goes yeah that was good and almost through gritted teeth like how'd you do that and yeah. it's like, i don't know i'm just acting you know and so i don't know i 
I've never wanted to hide out in LA. I, yeah. I, I, but if it inhaled me, I'd go for it. But yeah. I'm definitely not going to go up and put my hand up. So there. how long has that avatar, the, obviously the next avatar, how long has that been in production for? That's been, well, you've it was had for that- five years before I went on, and I've been on the last two and a half years. Right. I'm in the next two films. Yeah, okay. Yep. Um, so one comes out December 22, and the next one December 24. I've got a bit to do on the third film still. Right. Yep. And, and they said, are you available early 2023? And I said, it's looking like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make myself available. Yeah, I think like- February's good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> And that concludes part one of the Brendan Cow podcast. His new book, Plum, should be available to pre-order online now. Tune in next week on the Batuta Advocate Radio Show and listen to part two where we spend a little bit more time breaking down the masculinity of ageing middle-aged men in the Cronulla Shire, namely our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, and how these men all relate to the Cronulla Sharks. Brendan also gives us the rundown on what he did in 2017, 1 October in 2017, when the Cronulla Sharks finally won the NRL Premiership. All that and more next week with Brennan Cow. Thank you for tuning in.